Welcome to Simply Happy, a show helping you learn better mental health through self-empowered living. I'm Olivia Ryman, an author, mental health coach, your hostess with the mostest, and someone who overcame bipolar anxiety and depression after ditching years of meds and therapy. So let's chat about some tips that have helped transform my life and many others, because life doesn't need to look perfect to be happy. Hey there, what's up? It's your girl Olivia coming at you with the steps you need to take to up-level your mental health game because that's how we go from just surviving to full-on thriving. All right, in today's episode, we are talking about how to stop self-sabotage. Ooh, fun stuff, right? That's a gross thing, right? (laughs) It doesn't have to be gross, but it can be. Um, So let's talk about how to stop self-sabotage because... It, it is one of those things that like just is a is a hindrance and something that we can be a lot more mindful of and um, and really help ourselves not be so uh, restricted by, if you will. So what I want to do before we get started is actually ask you if you wouldn't mind supporting the show here a little bit. And there's a few ways that you can do that. Okay. One is you can subscribe to the show. Two, you can leave the show a review because those things really help out. And three, you can actually become a Simply Happy member for just $5 a month and show the support um, and your girl here in her closet some love <laughs> if you enjoy the show. And I'm also going to shout out Akash for being a Simply Happy member. So thank you so much for doing that. And if you become a member, you also get a shout out on the show. Yes, I will say your name into my microphone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that though at www.simplyolly.com slash podcast. The link is in the in the show notes, so you can find it there. All right, let's get into this episode. And this is one of those fun ones where I'm gonna read to you from one of my books because I just enjoy doing that. Um and today I if you as always, if you hear page flippies, it's cause it's cause I have a book. <laughs> But I am going to actually be reading today from my book, Break the Chain, How to Face Your Fears with Confidence to Create a Life You Love. Um, This is a really awesome book. Uh, I'm very proud of this book. It's it's a whopping 200 pages. Um, So I'm really I'm really proud that I wrote it. Uh, But yeah, this is something that if you enjoy the book, uh, you can grab it at www.simplyolly.com slash books. But let's go ahead and read a little a little section, shall we? Um, and this is from chapter eight, which is actually, I think, one of the last chapters. Look at me not knowing my book. Welcome. Yep, there's 10 chapters. So this is one of the last chapters, um, and it's about fear's secrets, because um, fear has some secrets, and they're they're butthole. <laughs> Sorry, I probably, I don't know if I want to say the word butthole on air, but I just did. So welcome. Um, okay, so <laughs> I can't handle myself sometimes. All right, I'm going to go ahead and read this to you. And then we are going to dive in and actually just kind of talk about it a little more. Um, that's, that's what I love doing. I'm not just going to like read and get off the air. So here we go. Chapter eight, Fears Secrets. I truly hope that by this point in the book, I've cracked you open to what possibility lies right in front of you and you're feeling more confidence to tackle any fear standing in the way of a life you love. Here's where I want to put some icing on the cake for you, though. Don't worry, the next chapter will be the cherry on top. I'm going to hook you up, I promise. Let's start with giving you a look inside of fear's deepest, darkest secrets. 
Once you have that kind of insight, it just adds to the confidence you're feeling. So let's dive into a few things that fear really is. Fear is a trickster. Sure, sometimes fear is plain as day, like the time I agreed to be a guest speaker on the topic of social media at a college. My heart started racing and my throat knotted up the second I said yes. Even though I prepared myself mentally, it still showed up the day of the talk. And fun fact about your girl, Olivia, my chest, neck, face, and ears turn neon red when the nerves kick in. I literally cannot hide it. You better believe I didn't let it stop me, though. We're all pretty darn familiar with that kind of fear. But what most people don't realize is how it creeps in in the subtlest of ways. Let's say you make the decision to break a chain. Fear is going to start freaking out because it's thinking that maybe if you lose that chain, you might just float away into the unknown. So it gets creative. It gets tricky. You might start procrastinating or feeling low energy. You might be waiting for a better time or circumstance to make a change. Doubts can creep in, or maybe you find reasons that it's not really something you need to work on. Oh, baby, did you just have a bright idea? One that takes time or energy away from what wanted, from what you wanted to spend on breaking that chain? Maybe you start playing smaller and coming up with easier alternatives. Is everything else becoming a priority? Maybe work is getting crazier or your friends or family really need your help right now. You've probably experienced more than one of these and not realized that fear was indeed being a trickster. In the world of personal development, this is commonly referred to as self-sabotage. I'm not saying you'll avoid it or get around it right away, but you will start to notice it for what it is. When that happens, you'll be able to call BS on it and stop it dead in its tracks. I'm still doing it to this day because with every chain I break, it tries to get trickier. I'm telling you, it's been a fun ride at trying to finish up the last 10,000 words of this book. Fear has been in high gear. The feeling of fear of failure has passed because I know at this point I'll finish the book. But now the fear of success kicks in because once the book is done, then what? We're back in uncharted waters. Fear is freaking out, but I know it'll be fine. So I'll just imagine fear as a small child in my brain and remind it to slow its breathing and that we've got this. The fun part is if you stop letting one of fear's tactics work enough times, it'll quit and try something new. Whenever I would get close to finishing a large task or project, I began to notice that I would become fascinated with the health of my nails. I literally would stop doing what I was doing and check and see if I needed to take care of any jagged edges, hangnails, or filing slash clipping that couldn't or that could be done. It was absurd. I don't do maintenance on my nails, but maybe once every couple of weeks. Why all of a sudden did I care? It was a trick, a distraction, to pull me away from reaching my goal. Once I figured that out, I stopped giving the time of day to my nails when I was working. The moment I checked them, I would put them right back down on my laptop. That is something that I haven't experienced in months. Fear's newest trick is trying to make me get up and answer my two-year-old's every beck and call. Let me tell you, she can pick up her own toy off the floor. So we're working on that one. Where has fear been a trickster with you? And if you're not quite sure right now, don't fear. (laughs) See what I did there? (laughs) Now that you've read this, you'll most likely start to notice it. Make sure that when you do, you're ready. You're, oh, you're right there, ready to step in and put fear back in its corner. I know this might come off sounding like it's a lot of work, but I promise you it's really not. 
It's, I like to treat it like it's a game rather than a frustration. If only I had hidden cameras in my home, you'd probably find a clip of me going, oh, ho, ho, I see what you're doing. <laughs> yes, I'm a dork, but I own it. So what else could fear possibly be hiding? And then I go on to talk about how fear is like an onion, <laughs> which is actually a really, really fun section talking about how fear is an onion. Um, but yeah, that is the chapter from, or not the chapter, but it's a section from the chapter, um, chapter eight, Fear's Secrets from Break the Chain. So again, if you want to grab it, you know, www.simplyally.com slash books, um, and you can get it there. But let's talk about, so let's talk about how to solve, how to, how to self-sabotage. No, we're, we can do that. We can do that easily. Uh, let's talk about how to stop <laughs> self-sabotaging. Um, this is one of those things like the nail example that I gave. It just comes up in so, so many forms. Um, and, and like I said, it can be a trickster. It can be really sneaky. So, you know, one of the first things I'm going to recommend that you do one is, is to bring awareness to it, right? Like we can't know that there's a problem unless we start paying attention or we start picking up on it. Um, and of course, like I didn't know at the time that I was like, yeah, that's what you're doing with the whole nail thing. It, it took, um, some time to recognize that pattern. And that would be, you know, one of the things I would really encourage that you do is, is look for those patterns. You know, is there something I do repeatedly here? <laughs> like, didn't I do this thing last time? Do I have to pee every time I'm trying to write a book? <laughs> like, just those, those kinds of things. Um, it'll typically come up in pattern form because if it works, why would fear not do it again? <laughs> like it's that, it's that simple. Um, you know, when we know things are effective, we tend to repeat that pattern, repeat that action or whatever that may be. Um, so that it really makes an impression and, and it gets us to where we want. want. Um, and, and our brains and fear and that kind of stuff work in the same way. So, you know, you can bring awareness by just being mindful in those moments um, of, of like, okay, to get away from just a working example, um, a way that I was self-sabotaging when I was really trying to um, foster, you know, being more patient with my kids, um, and, and having more patience, being able to listen more, more, you know, being more kind and loving, um, and slowing down. Like I noticed that there was this self-sabotaging pattern of a very like, like quick explosion. Um, so I would like really try to be patient. And then all of a sudden I would like raise my voice to the roof to be like, stop, or like, listen, I put on like my deep mom bellowing voice um, and just blast it. And I was like, oh, gross. That's a <laughs> this is probably where my kid gets. I hear my kids say that's gross all the time. And I guess I do it a lot. <laughs> Welcome to patterns. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, basically, that was something that I noticed. And I was like, OK, how can we, you know, get attention? How can I continue to be this patient, kind, loving parent in a way that doesn't involve me raising my voice. You know, can I, can I step in and put my hands on shoulders? Can I, you know, like just stand quietly and make eye contact until they recognize that like, hey, we need to stop. Mom, mom's trying to do something or trying to talk to us. Um, all of those kinds of things. So, you know, that was a form of self-sabotage of like, I was like 
me like my yelling voice was like that was like fear like sabotaging like oh we can't get what we want by just being calm which is something I was really working towards so just as another example so it's something you can recognize in the moment it's also something that you can actually reflect on and really intentionally sit down and try to recall instances where you you know are in a situation where you're like well this seems to not go my way (laughs) or like this you know these these different areas of you know recognizing if it's something during your work if it's something you know with like parenting um I even you know I have had my students do this when they are having um you could call like maybe like an emotional breakdown or you know they're they're there's this like explosion of emotions and it's like well let's sit and let's look at it and let's reflect on it and let's let's find the patterns let's find what's what's coming up and and what's the thing that's kind of creating like this chink in the armor or whatever it may be um and and look at that and then create a alternative so that we can do something different in that moment. Just like how I did with the nail thing. I like realized I was looking immediately hands back on keyboard. Like I'm not giving quality of nail time of day right now. I can do that later. <laughs> um, you know, and it's just a, it's a very like adamant choice. Right. And this, this is going to involve a sense of, of willpower, but that's what living, <laughs> living self-empowered is about. It's about practicing that, cultivating that, Right. Um, and that's something that like nobody has to be naturally. Uh, it's something that we really can practice and, and become better at. Um, and, you know, just another example of this, cause I feel like you can't have too many examples, <laughs> but I was actually just speaking with my husband and a friend today about how I used to have such a black thumb when it came to gardening. And it wasn't like, I was like, I want to grow things. <laughs> like I want, I want to have plants in my house. I want to care for plants. I was literally the person that could kill a cactus in under a month. Like I was not good with it. And, um, you know, it's one of those things I could have definitely chalked it up to like, well, I'm just not good with plants. So like, that's not a thing I get to do. Um, instead I was like, no, I really want to like tap into this, like how, like looking at how I'm self-sabotaging. Like if a plant started dying, I wouldn't investigate. I wouldn't, um, this might sound like weird to people, but like I wouldn't listen to the plants. I wouldn't touch the soil and and get a sense for what was happening below the surface. Or I wouldn't feel the leaves and say like, oh, you know, like I'll look at a plant and be like, oh, you're sad. Like, oh, you like you need water or maybe you need nutrients or maybe you want a little more sun. Like I like it's, you know, it was one of those things where I would just ignore it, chalk it up to not having a green thumb and then throw the plant out. And now I'm like literally about to start a vegetable garden because like I've been able to really kind of nurture this relationship that I have with plants. And it was because I I went in and I took some like I was intentional. You know, I I brought awareness to it and I was really, really focused on not self-sabotaging and being like, no, this is something I really want to cultivate in my life. It would make me really happy to do this. So I'm not just going to chalk it up to I'm bad. I'm just going to take my time to learn and to grow. And I have watched a masterclass on plants. I have Googled information about plants and I've also listened to the plants themselves. So you can kind of see how like, it's just a matter of taking those steps. Um, And then the second thing, you know, I want to talk about when it comes to how to stop self-sabotage is 
humor, <laughs> which may be like a weird step for some people, but um, this can be like a really serious or frustrating or um, maybe even somewhat debilitating type of type of thing when we're self-sabotaging. It can be mentally, emotionally, physically, right, in all these different ways. And um, I, I love to bring humor into it, to bring a little light, bring a little joy, bring a little laughter of just like, you know, <laughs> when it comes to this topic, like even with, with the nails, like I was just like, oh, nope, I see you. Mm-mm, I'm not doing it. And I like put my fingers back down. I'm not like, oh, dummy, you're looking at your nails again. Great. Like I'm doing it again. I wasn't beating myself up. And I think humor is a very great way to bridge away from that like self-shame or that self-criticism and to make this bridge into, okay, I noticed it, but like, let's continue about the thing. Um, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So it, it's great to bring a little bit of humor, a little bit of lightheartedness um, into it and just be like, yep, okay, I noticed my nails again. I'm, I'm here. I'm like, I'm literally like shaking my hands right now. I'm like, okay, I'm going to shake that off. And then like back on the keyboard. And I'm just going to keep using that as the example. But um, you kind of get what I'm saying. Like have a little fun with it to take some of the pressure off of being like, oh, no, I'm self-sabotaging because especially if you have – um, or, you know, are experiencing anxiety, you might overplay that of like, oh no, I'm self-sabotaging. Oh no. And it will completely like derail you of like, well, if I'm self-sabotaging now, like if I get back to my work, I'm just going to do it again. And like in five hours, yada, 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 like, and you can keep it going. So just have a little fun, make a little break from it, all that good stuff. Um, and then third, you know, lastly, how to stop self-sabotage is, is replacement, is a replacement or an alternative, if you will. And we kind of already talked about that. But, you know, it's, it's one thing, uh, it's one thing to remove a thing, right? But it's a whole other to remove it and replace it or, you know, switch it out for something different. So even when, even if it's something mental... I'm trying to think of how to do this. Mental or emotional. Like if I'm going to like forgive something or let something go so I can stop self-sabotaging, right? If something keeps like popping up in my head, like maybe an old memory or a thought or a belief, when I go to forgive that and to release that and to let that go, I'm not just going to let it go because it's kind of like taking like let's go back to plant analogies. <laughs> it's like taking a plant out of the dirt, but then, you know, not putting another seed back in that spot. And you're just like, yep, I'm just gonna leave that hole there. Yep. Just gonna take that out. <laughs> you know, you would take something out, but you'd want to put something in its place that you can then nurture. Because what it does is it keeps that thing from either coming back or growing into some other kind of weed or whatever it may be. So, you know, that's, I mean, that's, that's in essence what it is <laughs> when you, when you want, when you take something out, you want to replace it with something else. So, okay. Great example. I feel like this is very relatable. Sugar. Okay. Like when I took out more like refined sugars, what did I do? Did I just say like, no more cookies for you, Olivia? No, I didn't <laughs> with that voice apparently. Um, no, I didn't just say like no more cookies, <laughs> which I still have cookies. Well, not as much now. Anyway, I wasn't like no more cookies. I was like, okay, let's not have as many cookies or let's have l less or none, right? We took the thing away. However, 
let's introduce more fruits or let's introduce um, sugar alternatives. So when I took out white sugar, I brought in coconut sugar. When I took out um, cookies, <laughs> I brought in cookies made with like a like stevia extract, right? Which is just like a it just it's a sweetener um, made from a natural plant. So you can kind of see there's this there's this swapsies that happens um, because it gives us something to give our attention to. So we're less likely to go back to the thing. It's why, honestly, when you see people who um, I even think back to a family member of mine who was quitting smoking and they went from you know smoking to vaping, which I get it, debatable, but then the vaping, they could like tear off the nicotine and then eventually they went from the vaping to um, something, I can't remember exactly what it was, but they went to something else simply to occupy their hands for a while. So it was, you know, it was that feeling of like, oh, I need to hold something. And and so they gave themselves something else to do. So it was kind of, it was always this replacement um, that went from one thing to the next thing. And it kind of happened in these steps. So those are my tips on how to stop self-sabotage. And if you liked this episode, please spread the support by sharing on social or telling your friend about it. Friend? Just one friend. Um, telling your friend about it through your face, phone, snail mail, or carrier pigeon. Also, you can check out my free tools, books, and programs at www.simplyolly.com. The links are in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I love you so much. As always, you keep saying Simply Awesome. I'll keep saying Simply Ollie, and I'll chat with you on the next pod. Bye.